Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus it's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. And baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. How is it going, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of Inside the Ravine. Joining me, as always, my co-host Josh Schaefer. I'm your host, Blake Harris. Josh, it's been some time. We were just talking about this before we hit record, that uh, apparently it's been nearly a month, or maybe exactly a month since our last episode. I thought it was a couple weeks. I know you were, uh, I think, in New Orleans uh, a couple weeks ago, so you were off the grid. You're back now doing rain stuff, but... We're back. Lots of awesome Dodger stuff to get to. Some spring training news to get to. But uh, how are things on your end since it's been uh, been some time since we've chatted? It's it's been good, man. You know, it has been a little bit a little while, like you mentioned. Obviously, you know, stuff going on in life, and then obviously with work so much. But um, just as a reminder to everybody, by all means, if you're not following the show on social media and inside the ravine on Twitter. Uh, or X or whatever, and Instagram and TikTok, you should absolutely follow the show. We are still active on those accounts when we're not doing shows. So definitely make sure that you follow Inside the Ravine um, on whatever social media platform you like to you like to check out more often um, because we're always on there. Uh, but yeah, first, first show in a little while and we've got some stuff to cover. Yeah, so Josh pretty much hit everything that I needed to hit. So uh, follow us on all the socials and also listen to the show on whatever, whatever app you guys listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, and of course on the Odyssey app. So Josh, before we just talk about the latest that's going on in spring training, a couple news pieces to get to because it has been some time since our last episode. The first and the biggest, 
uh, it's a pretty big one too, is the fact that Clayton Kershaw is officially back with the Dodgers, a one-year contract for 2024. He does have a player option for 2025. I don't think necessarily that means that much because we know that he's doing this on a year-to-year -year basis anyway, so whether or not he had the player option... He's still going to be a question mark for next year, but we don't have to worry about 2025. Clayton Kershaw is officially back for 2024. He pushed this right until the beginning of spring training. This was something you and I kind of talked about in previous episodes. He might hold off until the start of spring before the Dodgers can put guys on the 60-day IL. That way they can add him. So, Josh, just quick thoughts and reactions to the GOAT coming back. Granted, I'm not going to see him for probably at least half the season, but Clayton Kershaw, I believe year 16, for the Dodgers coming up. Actually, it might be year 17. Hard to keep yeah. track of. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is something that we kind of knew was a possibility. Um, and I you know, wasn't super surprised. Um, I, I think we all kind of knew that this was likely going to happen. Um, so, so yeah, I'm excited for him. Um, I'm excited to have him back um, with the team. I, I think it's going to be fun to watch, especially with, you know, obviously the high expectations surrounding the team with or without Clayton Kershaw this year. So it's great to have him back in the fold. Um, that's a great kind of trade deadline acquisition you might be getting too, um, without having to make a trade for it. Um, with him being out the first couple parts of the or first couple months of the season, um, and then I think that also you know has a huge factor on what his deal looks like. And you know you look back on 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 what it could be. He's going to get um, he's got a bunch of bonuses built in: two million for six starts, uh, three million apiece for seven through nine. Um, so he's got more bonuses as he gets more starts because, of course, the Dodgers want him to – excuse me. They want him to make starts. They want him to to see innings eventually. Um, and, and the fact of the matter is that he's going to come into this team in the middle of the season. And who knows where the Dodgers are going to be right then? You know, it, this was the same thing last year where there was a part in the season where the Dodgers were hurting for starting pitching. So who knows when he's going to come in, what the team's going to look like from a from a health standpoint. Um, but ultimately having all of these bonuses built into his contract, I think is a benefit, not just for the team, but also for Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. Like you said, it's going to be like a trade deadline acquisition because th there's still no like exact time frame for when he returns. He, I think he said kind of like maybe end of July sometime in August. So yeah, you're essentially adding a starting pitcher just midway through the year. And I'm all for it because the Dodgers started in rotation, the way they built it this off season, you can make the case they don't need Clayton Kershaw. I mean, granted, we'll, we'll take him, but the rotation is so deep. By the time Clayton Kershaw returns, he's probably going to be the number four, maybe the number five starter. So we saw it last year. He still has what it takes to be one of the better starters in all of baseball. When he fell off in the second half and in that playoff game, it's because he had a problem with his shoulder. I mean, he underwent a major a major shoulder surgery. That's a tongue twister, Josh. Shoulder shirt, Shoulder surgery. Shoulder surgery. He underwent that, the first surgery of his career. So clearly there was something that was wrong with him in that second half, but he's going to be fully healthy. And my biggest takeaway, Josh, about the whole thing about Clayton Kershaw returning, I don't think he undergoes this intense surgery where it's going to be such a long rehab, him coming back in July, maybe August. I don't think he does all this to potentially pitch for maybe a month. And that does it for him. I think he did the surgery with the intent of possibly playing in 2025, hence the player option, which he hasn't had in the past. So 
I think Clayton Kershaw, I, I like his chances of coming back in 2025 as long as his shoulder is able to respond nicely to uh, the, the surgery and his rehab. So we get to see him at least a couple more times in 2024. I didn't want that playoff outing to be the last time we ever saw him. And I'm just going to enjoy every start that we get. And it's going to be interesting come October, Josh, because you shrink things down in the rotation. You're going to have Yamamoto. You're going to have Glass. Now you're going to have Bobby Miller. What is Clayton Kershaw's role going to look like? And this is going to be the first time in his entire Dodgers career he's not going to have to be relied on at all. I mean, they've needed him to be the number one guy. In years past, kind of maybe the number two guy. Well, now, again, need him to be the number five guy. So expectations aren't going to be there for Clayton Kershaw. And uh, again, whenever he comes back, end of July, middle August, uh, take your time. We're in no rush. And uh, we'll see you in uh, four, four or five months from now. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, I look back to after the Dodgers won the World Series in 2020 and there was a conversation post game with Walker Bueller where he was like, I am happy to be the number two because number 22 is the number one. And as long as he is here, he's the number one guy, right? Well, even then in the future, I think people were like, okay, but yeah, but really Bueller's the number one and Kershaw's probably the number two. And then you see how much the Dodgers really relied on him these last couple of seasons. And he really truly was still the number one. And now you come into this season and he's not because he doesn't need to be anymore. Um, So I think in the grand scheme of things, I think Kershaw is still probably going to be viewed by a lot of people as the number one or the number two. But again, he doesn't really need to be. And I think that the Dodgers getting him so late in the season or what we expect to be so late in the season is going to be a huge, huge benefit, not just for him, but also for the team. And maybe you're right. Maybe it does lead to something more in the future. Yeah. I mean, he's, I think something like, 50 or 60 strikeouts away from 3,000, seeing him hit that would be a huge milestone. And again, seeing him win a World Series championship in a full season, because I know there are people that, you know, say he doesn't necessarily have one, that'd be great as well. So Clayton Kershaw, welcome back. I think he's already back in Texas. He showed up, took his physical, took part in a media day, and then he dipped to Texas, where he's probably going to be the next couple of months. So Kershaw, return whenever you're able to. But Josh, the one I'm really looking forward to talking about, I don't know how closely you were following this saga whenever it went down. I think today is what, Wednesday? I think this happened Monday, maybe Sunday. I, I, I'm, I'm losing track of whatever day it is, but during, during the offseason... We were talking about the Dodgers, what the roster is going to look like. And we kept talking about Manuel Margot and how you and I didn't necessarily understand the fit. We each tried to come up with ways to make it work. We were trying to find positives in it, but ultimately it looked like the Dodgers just brought him on to make the Tyler Glass now trade happen. A lot of people, my girlfriend included, have been begging all offseason for the Dodgers to bring Kike Hernandez back. I don't know if when we've done our shows this offseason, if we've really talked about Kike Hernandez at all, because with the way the the roster was constructed, I don't think we thought that there was any way the Dodgers could bring it back without there being something drastic. Well, Josh, this past weekend, there was a report that Kike Hernandez was down to four teams, and the Dodgers weren't on that list. So right there, I'm thinking, man, there's no way, there's no chance. And then a couple days ago, I think at about 9 a.m., Kike Hernandez posts on his Instagram story a repost of his 2021 thank you fans post from when he left the Dodgers to go to the Red Sox. So even then, everyone's like, man, Kike's officially gone. This sucks. This is brutal. I had to tell my girlfriend, and she was heartbroken. And then about an hour later, Manuel Margot is traded to the Twins. 
The guy that we all thought was untradeable because no one wants to take on that contract, no one wants to get a below-average outfielder, he's traded to the Twins. And then there's chaos going on Twitter. Everyone's going, what did the Dodgers have up their sleeve? Is this just something to get Miguel Vargas more playing time? Do they have someone else they're keeping an eye on? That lasted about five minutes until Jeff Passan swoops in and says, yeah, the Dodgers and Kiki Hernandez are close to a contract for one year. So somehow, someway, Kiki Hernandez fooled us all. Josh, I don't know if you saw this, but shortly after the signing, not only did he break the news on Twitter as well, he posted to his Instagram story a photo of him going, psych? So Kike knew what was going on behind the scenes. I guess they were just waiting for the Dodgers to find a trade partner on Millwall Margot. But every sign pointed to the Dodgers and Kike being done. But somehow, someway, through a bunch of craziness that happened on Twitter, Kike Hernandez is officially back with the Dodgers. You know what this looks like to me? It's like when you make a trade and or like sign a free agent or something like that in like a video game. Where it's like, okay, yeah. you got a guy who might have some trade value, but has a high contract, and you get him, and then you just immediately trade him somewhere else. And I kind of feel bad for Manny Margot because he was just here. He took a couple of ABs at the start of spring training and then was just gone. Like, Did you see so uh, his highlight tape on Twitter? I forget who it was, but someone posted just, his highlight tape. Yes. Yes. Was it was it Cespedes Family Barbecue? I think that's it what it was. It might have been. Yeah, of him crowding out, great tweet. Yeah. flying no, out. It was, it was a great tweet. I kind of feel bad for him, but at the same time, like, look, you're the Dodgers. You're basically getting Tyler Glass now and and Kike Hernandez. And I think that not only are Dodger fans going to love that, but I think it's going to work out a lot better for the team. And I mean, yeah. no disrespect to Manuel Margot, but, like, the way that this trade came in, you know, again, like you alluded to, two of us were a lot like, why? Like, fine, fine, by all means, but why? And it was kind of, like, similar to the Teoscar Hernandez news, where we were like, Whoa. Okay. Like I'm in, I <laughs> uh, didn't know that was an, an option, but sure. <laughs> right. But it was kind of like a, Oh, I don't think the Dodgers need him, but okay. And now I think you, you've got somebody that's way more versatile defensively and, and a guy who has been a fan favorite since the day he stepped on the field at Dodger stadium for the first time. So, um, and who was good last year. So again, I mean, I think this is an absolute win for the Dodgers. Of course, meaning no disrespect to to, to Margot, but I, I just think that this is a much better fit for them. Um, and I think it's somebody who obviously the guys like, the fans like, um, and I think it's a sweet deal. And I love the whole yeah. saga. It's not quite the Shohei saga, <laughs> um, but it's more of it's more of a, a back and forth, not just with you know the Dodgers and all baseball fans and one team versus another. But it was kind of Kike versus Dodger fans, um, and and Kike gets the last laugh, but. In a roundabout way, I think the Dodger fans appreciate it. So, uh, yeah. good fit, and and I like it. You know, we, I was sitting here in the office, got a couple of Dodger fans in the office, and I mean, a mere minutes before this gets announced, um, and or before the the Margot trade gets announced, we were talking about Kike Hernandez to see where he was going to sign. So it's just funny the way that it works out for him and the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like the whole show, hey, maybe like the Yamamoto signings, those were more fun. But following along with this saga on Twitter, I mean, again, because this was the day that he was expected to announce who he's signing with. It became like the LeBron James meme of when he made the decision. It's like, why is Kiki Hernandez making a decision like this? And then again, you get the goodbye post. Then you, all of a sudden you get the trade. Then you get this. I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. And you know, overall, I, I got no issue with it because the Dodgers World Series odds, 
They're exactly the same as they were when they had Manuel Margot. This is for the last player on your bench. Like you said, Josh, he offers more versatility, whereas Margot, you'd only be able to put him out there in the outfield. Kike, put him in the outfield, put him in the infield, put him on the mound if you want. Put him behind the plate as well so he can finally catch. And like you said, he's a fan favorite. Everyone loves him. My girlfriend loves him. I mean, she is. She's probably more excited we got Kike than uh bringing in Shohei and Yamamoto that's how that's how much the ladies love love Kike but and like you said as well Kike he was actually quietly pretty solid with the Dodgers when he came back in the second half hit above 260 his WRC plus was just below league average he's gonna hit lefties well and again he'll be that guy you could take off the bench you could plug him in anywhere so overall when you're replacing Manuel Margot with him now of course because we're saying this Manuel Margot is probably going to have a career year in Minnesota and make this look not so great but overall this is a move I think is great for the Dodgers it also adds to the clubhouse uh, just a little bit more and yeah Manuel Margot will never forget you but unfortunately Josh he never actually takes an official bat with the Dodgers, so you can't use Margot for an immaculate grid, and no. he'll never actually go down as a true Dodger. He'll just have that like one a, photo. Like Darnell, right? <laughs> I think was Darnell it, got. It? I th I think he sneaked in one at bat. Did I think he? he snuck in. Now I think I'm he curious. snuck in. I think he snuck in one at bat, maybe two. I may be mistaken because I know he was a Dodger for like a day or two, but Margot like will forty-five minutes. He had one <laughs> maybe. at bat. He had one at bat, one at but bat. there you go. You can use him in the grid. So, Margot, you can use him in the grid. But, again, we have the photo, and we have his one-minute highlight reel of him grounding out, of him flying out to right field, of him smiling. So, thank you for your services, Margot. Uh, you were much appreciated, and welcome back, Kike. So, those are the moves that the Dodgers made since the last time we talked. Josh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're just going to recap the last couple of days of spring training and what we've seen so far and what we've liked the most. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, we are back. Josh, the Dodgers are currently playing right now. Whenever we record, we always record at noon. But... I wanted to push this back just a little because I wanted to personally see a certain someone on the mound. Yoshinobu Yamamoto made his Cactus League debut. And Josh, I know you're in the office so you couldn't watch every pitch. I know you're able to follow along on Twitter. You were texting some people asking how he looked. From someone who watched every pitch, I know it's very, very easy to get overhyped with a spring training performance. But this guy might just be the real deal. I think he threw 19 pitches, 16 were for strikes... Struck out Marcus Simeon on, like, I think a 96-mile-an-hour heater, and then he showed us his splitter, which might be one of the most disgusting pitches in all of Major League Baseball. So, he went two innings, didn't allow a run, allowed one base hit, struck out three. Josh, again, it's tough to get, to try to remain calm from a spring training performance, but there's a lot to be excited about with Yamamoto after what we saw today. Yeah, three Ks. Pitches look good. Um... Look, I, I, I'm excited about him, certainly. The splitter sounds like it's been looking good. Um, I'm excited. So I'm, I'm certainly interested to see what he looks like in an actual game situ uh, situation. I mean, obviously, I think today's a pretty good example of it. Um, but, but really, I mean, you know, I think he's going to be the real deal. Um, we were very excited. Our first two guys, one and two, for offseason priorities were Shohei Otani and 
Yoshinobu Yamamoto, and the Dodgers got both of them. And so far, you know, of course, Shohei had that looking strikeout for his first A.B., but came right back with an opposite field home run a little bit later. We'll talk about that. But then Yamamoto comes in and, and looks the way that he does today through one inning um, or through two innings. Um, so so certainly uh, excited about what we might see if we do see much more in spring training. Um, but certainly once we get closer to the season, I know that that anticipation is going to continue to ramp up because I just think so many of the things he does well, um, uh, you know, all the technical things, uh, he just does so many different things well. So it, it's exciting to see what that turns into in the future. Yeah, I mean, one of the the highlights that everyone was looking forward to with Yamamoto is the fact that he has arguably like the best command of any starter out there. I think Fangraphs gave him like a perfect grade when it comes to command. And yeah, 19 pitches, 16 strikes. That'll play. So again, it's only been two innings. It's been one outing. I don't want to get too over you know overexcited, but man, he looked good. I mean, he looked and he was he wasn't facing scrubs. He was facing guys that are going to be in the Rangers starting lineup this year. So I'm looking forward to seeing Yamamoto's next start whenever that may come because I want more, Josh. I'm, I'm hooked. I'm addicted. I, I need more. I need more Yamamoto. <laughs> Give me more Yamamoto. But I know you've got the, the, the bobblehead nights already circled on your calendar, I'm sure. Yeah, all, all freaking like 22 of them. Like, And half of them aren't even announced yet gonna need new shelves dodgers like you need to cool it like calm down like 10 10 is fine but like they're i don't know if you saw got room it looks like i mean so are, lean to your left a little bit i'm looking at the wall behind you lean to your left a oh, little bit look. your left oh your left oh well, look look yeah, man not that much you take down your fancy little you know your silver youtube plaque and you've got room <laughs> for like one more of those bookshelves if you push them well, all the way to the wall well, Josh, you've been in my apartment, so you would know that right next to my desk, I do have an additional shelf that is also loaded top to bottom in bobble. But you've got more room. That you is true. I do. I could make more room. You have to relocate some of those things yeah. hanging on the wall, which I can tell from here is uh, the YouTube plaque and then uh, a KASC Blaze Radio Award, correct? Blaze Radio Award, so they say. I still am going to need actual proof on that. I know your roommate claims, but there's still no way. There's still no it, way. It happened. It happened. I have one. I need to say it for those listening. This is totally irrelevant to anything. But long story short, at Arizona State, we were part of the radio station. And at the end of every year, they gave out a bunch of awards to a bunch of the different shows. I was at every award show during my time there. But of course, the last award show, whatever the reason was, I was out of town. I couldn't make it. Our, our show that we did, our college football show, didn't win any awards. Yeah, I was like, man, I get it. But oh, well, we didn't win any awards. And then I believe, if I remember correctly... Months and months went by of nothing. And then I think about, three or four... It was about three and a half months later, yeah. Three and a half months later, Josh and the guys, they come to me and they say, oh yeah, by the way, we got this award. And Josh, I, I, what is it? What is it? The uh... Oh, the Red Carpet Award. An award that had never been an actual award before. <laughs> signed by Josh's roommate, who at the time was our radio manager signed by him given to our show the red carpet award and I, to this day i still think there's some shenanigans going on one it took three and a half months but number two what the hell is the red carpet award i don't think to this day i've gotten yeah. an explanation of what the red carpet award is but needless josh it is framed 
It is framed and it looks great. And your roommate's signature Mine is, is proudly I, displayed. I've got one. No, I've got one somewhere. I've got. I've. It is somewhere. I. I don't know where it is. Um, but I do have two Blaze Radio awards, and that one I am very proud of because we always said that our show deserved an award, um, and we did win. But we did think it would be funny to not tell you for like four months. So that's what we did. Yeah. Um, and we so, just hey. continue to complain like, oh, man, I can't. Is it isn't it BS that we didn't win anything? <laughs> we, we would say things like that for months. <laughs> and it turns out we did, or at least maybe we did. But, hey, we're a red we carpet award winning show. I need to find out if Blaze still continues the red carpet award, because if that was a one time thing, my uh, my suspicions are going to get even higher. But, Josh, we're going to wrap this up by talking about Shohei Otani really quickly. He made his debut yesterday, his first game in the Cactus League. And I knew this going in. I said 100%. This dude is either, one, going to strike out in his first at bat, or he's going to, like, foul one off his leg and exit the game. Like, there's no way he's going to match our expectations in the first at bat. He ends up striking out in his first at bat. Second at bat, he grounds out into a double play, does bring in a run. And then the third at bat goes oppo field to left, hits a home run, and we're all like, yeah, this guy might be, uh, this guy might be kind of good. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the looking strikeout in the first AB was funny, I thought. Um, but yeah, the fact that he comes right back and hits a bomb to the opposite field was just sick. And it's one of those things where it's like, look, it's spring training. I'm trying not to get like super excited. But seriously, like the team is just rolling through spring training. And I know that means nothing because it's a different lineup every day. And there's a billion guys who are playing. Like, I don't know if you've ever actually looked at the spring training box scores on the MLB website, but they've got the oh, lineups and they've got the pitchers. It's disgusting. And then there's, it, says, it says bench and there's just 50 guys. And then it says bullpen and then there's just like 75 guys. It's ridiculous. But again, like I know these games don't matter and I'm not going to sit here and try to put so much stock into it. But from what we've seen so far from the, not just at, from the team as a whole, like obviously the games have been fun to watch, but not even the team as a whole, but specifically the players we've been interested in watching. What we've seen is really good stuff. We've seen guys like Yamamoto be just technically sound in two innings and have that control. That could change opening day if he gets the opening day start. He could look terrible. It can happen. But I'm saying from the very small sample size we've seen, we've seen the Shohei Otani that we were hoping to see. We've seen the Yamamoto we were hoping to see. And again, we're not even talking about a lot of the other guys that we've seen show up. I mean, like there's there's some prospects that we've seen for a couple of years now that have that have looked good through spring training so far. So again, just to kind of gloss over the rest of it, like it's a small sample size. It's games that mean b- below nothing, but from what we've seen, you know, you have that excitement growing because, you know, these guys, at least early on, when you expect them, you expect them to perform at a high level. So far, they've done that. My favorite thing about spring training is how you overreact to guys that have started like 0 and 6. And they're and you're like, no, it doesn't matter that it's only been six spring training at bats. These guys look horrible. But then you look at the guys who are like four for six and you're like, oh, we're so we're so back. This guy's going to be such a unit this year. Like my god, like Kevin Podlo hit a home run. Dude is going to be a freaking yeah, that maniac. Going to be was, a maniac. That, that, home run, that was that home run when I was like, oh yes. 
Like, just wake me up in October. <laughs> like, oh, this is, we're like, we're so bad. Like, I'm looking at just like the box score right now. Like, James Outman has an OPS of 1250. Andy Pajes has an OPS of 1230. And you're just like, God, these guys are going to be so freaking good. And then you look at like yeah, Miguel Vargas. But like who's Kevin like, Padlow's hitting 375. So, yeah. Again, he's he's going to be helping the team. But then you look at Miguel Vargas, and it's like an OPS of 455. God, the dude is going to suck this year. 100%. He's going to be so bad. Like, that's the beauty and the awful thing of spring training. But I love it. Spring training is 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 something. And it's really fun because, like, you get right at the beginning of spring training, and you're like, it's exciting, but then the games, you know, whatever, like, not a ton of guys are in yet. And then there's, like, the middle weeks of spring training where you're like, oh, yes, this is it. And then it kind of ends, and you're like, I'm over it. I'm done. I don't care anymore. Like, let's right. just get this thing going. Right. Right. So it, it, it's fun. You know, I'm, I'm glad that we're back. I'm glad seeing all the highlights. And obviously it's great having games in the middle of the day. I, I enjoy that for a while. Eventually when the season starts, it probably won't like it very much, but um, unless it's a weekend, but yeah, you know, it's, it's always nice to have some of the games like this early on. Yeah. So we'll probably do another episode Definitely sooner than the last one where we go more in depth yeah. on some of the guys in spring training that are catching our eye, some storylines to follow and all that kind of stuff because not enough time to get to that today, but just an episode to go over the latest moves, the signings, and of course talk about Yamamoto, talk about Shohei, and yeah, Josh, I, I just mentioned Andy Pajes. Apparently he had a two-run home run uh, about five minutes ago, so that's why his numbers are looking pretty good. And the Dodgers are winning as of right now, so they're looking to extend that winning streak. But uh, yeah, Josh, any uh, final words before we head out for this episode? Um, it's funny because um, this the other day there was actually a Southern California Sports Broadcasters um, award ceremony, um, and obviously a lot of the Dodgers guys weren't there. Um, there was one Dodgers guy there and it was Joe Davis and the Dodgers did very well with the media awards. So there was one guy who was taking all of the awards on behalf of the organization and it was Joe Davis. Um, and, uh, and it was funny because every time he would go up and get something, he'd be like, Shohei's playing today. Thanks guys. So <laughs> Shohei comes out, hits a home run and, uh, and let's see what the rest of spring training brings. Again, I'm not trying to get too you know, over the top about anything, but I'm certainly excited for opening day. There you go. And I, Josh, I, I didn't include this when talking about the notable moves that the Dodgers made in the last month, but they did sign a former Chatham angler. They did. I believe, was it, was it Matt Gage? I can't even remember. Was it Matt Gage? Was the former Chatham A? Or was it another one of those random, like, triple A pitchers that probably aren't going to make an impact in 2024? Yes, Matt Gage was a 2013 member of the Chatham yes. Anglers. Um, so, so yes. Yes, you know, and you a product of uh, Siena College. Bro, you subtract one with Michael Bush departing, but you bring in another with Matt Gage. It's the circle of life, Josh. It's the circle of life. And how about Kyle Hurt bump day? Oh, yes. looking He looked fantastic. So, again, once the season starts, we can bring a, a Chatham Anglers se segment into the show. But I hey, just wanted to, wanted, wanted to get that in there. We did add a Chatame and, and Matt Gage. So if you guys enjoyed the show, make sure to follow us on social media, whatever app you guys use. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Inside the Ravine. You guys can also watch our full episodes over on YouTube. Just search Inside the Ravine. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course the Odyssey app. So wherever you guys listen to your podcast, tune in over there. 
For Josh Schaefer, this has been Blake Harris. Thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for more Dodgers podcast as spring training goes along. And as always, we hope you enjoy the rest of your week wherever you may be.